Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. We've now reached the end of the season. We now know the Belfast Giants are the league champions and the Challenge Cup champions. Not the Conti Cup, nearly the Conti Cup. And the Cardiff Devils are the playoff champions of the 2018-19 season. Uh, we are joined, as per usual, by the toothless wonder himself, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Gareth. How are we doing? Hello, Joe. I'm good. How are you? I'm bad. I've still not figured out who Gareth Dutton is, though. Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. We are also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, hello. How are we? Uh, Joe, not bad. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm waiting for you to complain about Samsung again now that we're all on se- in separate rooms. Yeah, I've, I've had no problems for a while now. It, it's it's really crazy. I don't know what's that. going on. And finally, we are joined by the smug-looking Islanders fan in the left of my screen. It's Mr. David Grant. <laughs> I'm not bad, Joe. hope everyone is okay. But let me just go. I just need to grab a broom. Um, just so uh, do a bit of sweeping on this podcast. You missed a bit. You missed a bit. Yeah, you missed a lot. Yeah, three games worth. Hey, but, I'm good fa- but I'm good, seen... thanks, Joe, and I hope everyone else is well. If anybody hasn't seen, the Islanders swept the Penguins, so Dave's looking very smug at the moment, but we'll come back around to that later. Um, for the time being, the moment that you've all been waiting for, the moment that we were very sad to not include over the latter part of the last season, the airport lounge is back open. Hold your applause. I was expecting you guys to clap then. I'm a bit, a bit disappointed now. Tell us to hold it. That'll do. You know what? There we go. Gate five. Yeah, you guys have never done what you've been told before, so why, why did I think you were going to start now? Okay, that's enough now. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start off um, with the Glasgow clan, the person that was rumoured to be going to Nottingham. Everybody thought was going to Nottingham at one point. Pete Russell uh, re-signed for the clan for the 1920 season. Uh, what do we think of that, guys? Obviously, the GB coach done a stellar job for Glasgow this year. Yeah, great job for Glasgow. Um, got them to the uh, semi-finals of the Challenge Cup. Nearly got them to the final four in Nottingham. Uh, you know, in all fairness, good league positions. Yeah, great job by Slim Shady. Um, and that's by the video that Glasgow released, which was, I thought was brilliant. Um, now that was a, a twofold. Great appointment. He knows it is, but it's also it's it's a Glasgow kid for a Glasgow club, and it gives him that identity which kind of was lacking for a couple of years. And speaking to a, a few people I know who are Glasgow fans, they've all said twofold. The hockey's enjoyable, but they've got that identity back. And Pete Russell's given them that or started to get them that. So great first year behind the bench at the clan. I hope he's going to take it and do wonders in Kasichi. Um And then we, we see where, where we go um, next year in season two behind the bench. Yeah, like you said, it gives them their identity, which is great for the clan. They they lost it, I think, when before Pete was there. Now he's back, back again. To quote Eminem, we're gonna get all our slim shady references in. Don't worry. My days, Griff. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for clan fans, that's gonna be great for them because they know what the coach is like. And they know he's a really good coach. I, I'm looking forward to the season for the clan fans themselves, because it's, you know, it's going to be good hockey. Is that a bit like you knew you weren't going to be making playoffs this year? Pretty much. <laughs> like you were getting sweeps as well. Oh, that yeah, knew that was coming. Knew that was coming. Can we stop making Dave so happy? I can't stand seeing his arms <laughs> going up in the air all the time. I feel like I'm in some kind of like silent disco. It's, it's remembering the Dundee shirts from the eight, from the 80s night. 
I have to say, by the way, just before we throw this over to Andy, Gref, how long were you waiting to throw in the back back again reference? <laughs> Uh, took about two seconds. Oh, there we go. Okay, fair enough. I was I was I was expecting you to say I've been waiting to say that for two days, but you know, fair play. Andy, what do we think, Pete Russell? I think he's really good. I mean, uh, a great first season of the clan, had a brilliant season in in Hall, and uh, yeah, it was just really good for them. Uh, he's already made his mark, make some good signings, which we'll come into later. But on the whole, just a great season for them. Um, he's, he's really got his, his, his team going the way that uh, I think the fans have really wanted it for quite a while now, and and they sort of got their the passion back and everything. Because obviously uh, two years ago when me, Dim and Joe went up, uh, Rina's were, were just flat. There was nobody there in, in attendance to any of their cla- uh, the games. So yeah, it's, it's great to see the, the uh, barn full now. Uh, obviously, Pete Russell's. Did a fantastic job there. He's one of the main reasons for that. He's got a good team and uh, also a pretty good uh, Brit pack as well. So I'm sure most of them will be retained. Uh, but, but yeah, I've, I'm expecting more things from Glasgow next season. Uh, and I think they're only on the up. Uh, yeah, Pete, it's a great sign for them. Uh, everyone knows who his name is, obviously, for the GB. I thought for another some shady quote in there. But yeah, it's great for the clan. I can't take this. I really can't take this. <laughs> you can lose no, yourself, I, aren't you, Joe? Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on the ABBA references all over again. It's just, just I think we've gone down even a step from that. Oh, you know, knowing me, knowing you. There we go. You know, we all know the winner takes it all. So let's just end it there and, uh, and move that, on. That, that's the name of the game. Well. Uh, yeah, I think you guys have not not the nail on the head. Um, stellar coach, as, as I already say. Um, Pete Russell done a, a fantastic job in Glasgow last year. Obviously took him up to that third place slot. Couldn't get him into the playoffs. Uh, third place, fourth place slot even, sorry. Um, couldn't get him into the playoffs. Sorry, they were looking set in that third place slot for a while. Um, yeah, they couldn't make the playoffs. Hopefully another target for them to set for themselves next year. Um, Andy, as you say, he's made some stellar signings already. Um, have they, have, am I right in thinking they've also said that they don't want Zach Sullivan to be re-signing? They're not, they're not wanting Zach Sullivan for the next they, season. They've announced he's not re- being retained yet. Yeah. It strikes me as a bit of an odd one, that one, but um, I don't really know, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, a, a great signing coach-wise. Gref, as you say, a lot of consistency coming through over the last year. They know what they're getting with Pete Russell. You know he can, he can hit really hit the ground running from where he you know from where he ended it last year because obviously he can carry on where he to where he left off, um and he really has hit the ground running. He's made a, a huge sign in early doors. One that I'm disappointed to see him sign. It's a, a guy that I'd have loved to have seen in Sheffield. Uh, Patrick Killeen has signed between the pipes. Uh, Dave, I'll throw it over to you first just because you are the goalie amongst us. Um, obviously Killeen, goalie for MK last year. What do we think? Do we think he's going to do a good job in Glasgow? Great signing for the clan. Um, a, a goalie who did a stellar job on a very poor team, and you know, all, all, all respect to MK Lightning, but they were they were awful, um, and they were let down, which made them even worse. That said, you know, they they were winning games on the back of his performance, and you imagine him on a team with a, a more sturdy defence, a more assured defence. Instead of, I think he got 10 wins or something like that, That's you're looking 15-20-25. That's the difference between the bottom of the table and actually going 5th, 6th, 7th in the league, minimum. 
you, you know, it's it's that type of difference. I, it's a, you know, we we saw in the first game of the season last year when MK came up to Sheffield, and we were all like, Do you know what? Before all the who are with with Tomo and all the this not liking the signs and all that, we all said, you know what? Actually, Colleen's actually really done a great job for him. And every time you watch the highlights, Colleen's the guy that actually more often than not is the one who who's the stellar performer. So hopefully he'll do Glasgow the world of goods. Hopefully from their perspective, it's not a Zem-like signing, who's used to having 60, 70 shots a night and actually goes down to 30 shots and gets a bit bored and lets more than his fair share of soft goals in. So you, all you'd, well. be want, you'd be wanting more of a Beskarawani signing than a Zem-like very, almost, the guy that's come so. from the no. bottom team, gone to the top team kind of thing. Very much so, definitely on that side. Um, but I, I suspect it will be if I'm more Beskarawani than, than Zemlak. So, great signing. Um, if, if you're Glasgow, you've, up, you've upgraded. And you've upgraded quite a bit, to be brutally honest. Um, so, well done, them guys. In looking at the stats on when before he played for MK, his stats were really decent. And then, obviously, he goes to MK. Stats that look the greatest, but just because MK didn't really have the best of seasons. But he was facing, like, 50, 60 shots a game. But he was keeping MK in that game. So many times where they'd play against Storm, for example, and he'd be the, the one that's keeping them in the game when we're just peltering them. Even against with you guys, you're just shot after shot after shot. And he's just saving them. He's keeping them, try, trying to keep them in the game. Glasgow have done well there, getting a, a, a really good netminder. I mean, that could be one that could help them break into that third spot where they're going to stay there and they're going to get that Conti Cup spot or even with the Challenge Cup. Maybe even go far in the playoffs as well. Could possibly break into second, depending on how other key signings come along. It's a great signing. And, and just like I said earlier, Pete Russell, uh, one of his first signings of, of, of a season, you know, it, it's a good signing. It's a fantastic signing, and I can see more signs like it's coming. Um, I mean, basically, just like David said, no, uh, uh, it's, just, it's just like Beskarawani from last season. Um, I think he'll, he'll do another great job with his new team, just as Belfast, uh, just as uh, Beskarawani did, as done with Belfast this season, um, with Edinburgh. So, another signing, another signing in, in that sort of aspect. Uh, but I think he'll, he'll do really good. Um, his signs may, may not be very good, but considering the team that he was on, you know, 54 games, uh, 3.71 goals against average, and uh, 9.909 save percentage. It's, it's not too bad for uh, SMMK, obviously. Uh, I, I didn't think he'd, he'd resign for another team in the Elite League after listening to the Ryan Lennon uh Pod, uh, interview on speaking chicklets. I thought he'd probably go elsewhere, but it, it's great to see, and and it's really good to see him still in the league. Uh, obviously, thought he'd be leaving. So yeah, it, it's a good signing for Glasgow, and uh, it'll be one of the best shot stoppers I think the next season. Yeah, um, certainly the one to watch. As I say, it's upset me. I was hoping that he was going to be signing for Sheffield. Um, but it'll do a job, and that and that's the thing. Um, you know, you want to you want to build your team from the back. You want to build your team with a good, strong netminder, and that's certainly what they've got through Patrick Killeen. 
there's not really much more you can say than that. It certainly is a wait and see signing in terms of Dave, as you've already said, you don't want it to, him to be a, a Garrett Zemlak. You'd rather him be more of a Tyler Beskarawani. Only time will tell. And obviously it's also dependent on the defensive core that they build up, how the team gels as a team. You know, if he's going to be facing as many shots as he was in MK, that could be a telling moment. Because obviously as, as he's facing more and more shots, that's the point where he's going to start leaking more and more goals. So if they're going to get a decent defensive core around him, I mean, he's, he, he's, the CV doesn't lie from that aspect. When you've got a guy that's played so many games in the AHL, uh, you know, he's played for Wilkes Bar, he's played for Wheeling Nailers in the ECHL. Uh, you know, he, he's he's got a good resume, he's got a good CV. Uh, he was drafted for Pittsburgh in 2008. Don't worry, Dave, he never played a game, so he wasn't swept by the Islanders. But um, yeah, no, it's certainly a good signing for, uh, for for Glasgow, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of happy Glasgow fans with that one. The last Glasgow signing that's been made, Dave, you can stop waving your arms around now. Um, <laughs> you're like one of those wacky waving arm guy things from Family Guy now. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Darth Harrington. Um, yeah, the last signing that's been made for Glasgow is Scott Tansky. Uh, re-signed from last season. Obviously, he was the assistant captain, if you believe Elite Prospects. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but according to Elite Prospects, he was the assistant captain. But yeah, Tet- uh, Tetlo. Tansky has re-signed with the Glasgow clan. Um, what, what do we think? Yeah, it, it's a good signing. Um so uh, something that I didn't know until recently is that he can play three positions: centre, right wing, and defence. So already that that's three potential positions that he can play. Um, last season not so bad either. Uh, he he got he, he wore the A. In 60 games he got 21 points, that's eight goals and 13 assists. That, that, that's not too bad. I mean um, Glasgow had had a fair few uh, really really good uh, players on their team this season. Uh, not especially uh, Matt Becker. Um, Mahe had a really good season as well, so they've got some really good players on that team, and uh, just quite a bit of depth as well. They can score; like, four lines can score, and Tansky was a big contributor there. Um, I, I did like his game for the games that I saw in in Sheffield, and uh, I think he's going to have a better season this one. Obviously, with uh, Killeen backstopping, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a good one. Sturdy signing, did you know? Did, did his job. Um, and he'll do it again, no doubt. There's no, nothing more to say. He weren't weren't the standout, but sometimes you don't need all your all your players to be standouts. You want just to do the job, just go away and do it. He was that guy. Um, so you know, you, you, it's part pieces of puzzle, and he's one of them. Um, in respect of of the Glasgow clan, so you know, he's he, good good reappointment by uh, Pete Russell. I think before we go into his into Scott's stats. We've got to give props to the way he announced himself on the the intro. Dreams clan come true. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? That's brilliant. <laughs> exactly, <Wow>. Joe. Exactly. <laughs> I have no words. I have no words. Uh, he's the guy you'd, most teams would love to have on him on, on your team. Just because, yeah, he's not the showstopper. He's not like putting in ten points every every two games or one game. He's actually he's there doing a job and he's doing a stellar job at that. Defenders getting ten points tonight before you go, Joe. When did we go back to the early nineties? I was just thinking of Joe. 
Oh, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Ten points is a bit modest, but fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this isn't a signing that you would go and shout from the rooftops about. He's not your top one of your top point scorers. But, as Dave, as you say, he's, he's a piece in the puzzle and, and he could be one of the most important ones at that. I, I think a lot of times when teams struggle, it's not necessarily because they've, they're lacking the points from the top producers. It's because they don't have any secondary scoring. And when you've got a guy sitting on your second or third line, a guy like Tansky, or whether he's playing in D or as, as a forward, Andy, as you say, you know, looking at elite prospects, there's three positions listed there. When you've got a guy that's putting up 21 points on the board, and then you've got a few guys signed up as well that are putting up your 50, 60 points a season. You know, you, you've got some great building blocks there. If they've got a couple of strong guys that are putting up 20 points and consistently putting up 20 points, that's how they're making and building a good team from that because they know that they've got those strong guys putting up that secondary scoring. So when those guys are putting up the top points, when they're putting up the point, well, like point per game, you know, that type of that type of play, they're also bolstering that with other players putting some points on the board as well. Sometimes you see teams fall hollow in the middle when they've got some big point scorers up at the top and then they've got nothing in the middle. You know, if Glasgow are making a couple more signings like Tansky, they're certainly not going to fall under that category. So a great signing. Um, Glasgow really shaping up quite well at the moment. Um, but we obviously we've got to wait and see what other signings Pete Russell's got under his belt. Um, for the time being, we move on from them to Nottingham. Uh, we've got a couple of signings for Nottingham. The first is Josh Tetlow, uh, 21-year-old, uh, two years younger than me, let alone Dave and Greff. Uh, sorry, boys. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what do you think to Tetlow? Um, one of his uh, better seasons um, at top level in the, uh, the UK, and he's earned a call up to the national side on the back of that. It's done a great job for the Panthers. Um, you know, you know, he's one of them guys who every shift gives everything. Doesn't let the team down, and he's 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 earned his his time, he's earned his ice time, and he's done well for him. And he's, I think he's going to grow into kind of the new generation of Brit players that the Panthers will need because I think some of their Brit players are getting of an of an age where they may start to consider alternate careers um, with their ice hockey coming to an end. So he's, he's had a great season. Um, no one knew about him much apart from those who'd seen him. Um, in the the NIHL or the EPL as it were but now everyone does and he should if I'm honest be one of those who gets the tickets on that plane to the world champs yeah I I think he's a he's been a pretty decent a young defender this is what is earned that call up by far it's with the season that Panthers have had I mean, it's not the best of their standards that they'd hope, considering how, how good they had at the start, but he's been consistently good. I think he's had about probably one, two bad games, and then the rest has been good as a young 21-year-old defenseman. It's a good signing. Uh, I mean, uh, six of games is most he's played the season, and that's most most games in a season that he's ever played. And and, and you can see why he's, his game is just improving all the time, especially for a young guy as well. Um, he's, he's, he's learning from a great Brit pack around him. You know, Stevie Lee, I, I've no doubt has been mentoring him and has been mentoring him and uh, and, and showing him some really, some really good uh, 
tips and, and tricks and stuff. But um, yeah, it's a great signing. Still a very young guy, so at four points in six games, it's, it's not much to, to shout about. But his defensive game is is really really good. And like Dave said, you know, he's uh, it's good enough to get caught to GB. And I think he'll really thrive in, in that sort of environment with the with the senior team. And next season, I think he'll he'll, he'll do even better still. Uh, like I said, it, it, he's got a good group group around him. I think next season he'll, he'll have a much better group. And it, it's just time. It will take time for him to be, uh, you know, as, as good as Brad O'Connor, as, as good as Steve Lee, but he'll get there. And with the guys around him, it'll, it'll be really fun for him. Yeah, uh, as you say, four goals from 60 games. Sorry, four points from 60 games. It's four assists, no goals. Um, not necessarily the, the you know stats that he's going to be shouting about, but at the same time, 60 games, minus two overall across the season. As a defenceman and a defenceman for a Nottingham team who have been very, very Jekyll and Hyde. They've been a team that have, you know, grasped a lot of points in overtime losses and shootout losses and grabbed a few overtime wins as well. So, you know, they've not necessarily had the strongest of seasons. I know they finished in that third spot, but I think their fans have been the first to admit that they've not had the best of seasons. Obviously, they got rid of Shurnham as, you know, early on as well. Um showing that they've not necessarily achieved quite as much as they would have expected to. So to see a young guy like Tetlow coming out with a minus two, certainly that is a that is a good stat to be looking at. He's a six foot six guy, he's very big, he uses his size in it to his advantage. You'd be thinking at points, a twenty one year old guy, you know, maybe falling a little bit of a victim to this the, the lack of you know, almost the, the the big gap that the lack of the EPL has caused. We've discussed it previously and said that the you know going down to the NIHL and having no EPL in the middle has kind of caused a bit of a gap and, and kind of hindered Brit development to an extent because we've not been able to drop the likes of say Kieran Brown, you know, and players like that have been dropped down to the NIHL and it's not necessarily done them the good that it would have done for the EPL. But you look at Tetlow, certainly not looking like that's been the case with him. He's coming up strong. Uh, he's a guy that I noticed, you know, from the from the Panthers playoffs. Uh, even, you know, even looking at that ninth, was it nine three, nine four game against uh, Cardiff in the semi-finals. Even then, he was shining out to be one of their strongest players, which is a very, very good achievement for a guy of his age. Um, important guy to have signed on their team. You know, it's always good to have a young guy that's got a lot of promise. You want to start looking at the next generation of player. Obviously, as soon as you get, you tend to find, obviously, you get your generation of players almost coming in waves at times. So as soon as you start to lose one, you might lose two, three, four. You leave a big gap then. So to have a guy like Tetlow in the ranks, young, still up and coming, but coming in with a strong game already, very, very good asset for them to have on their team. Um, The other signing that they've made already, another good asset, another young player, 23 years old, is Ollie Betteridge. Gref, what do we think to Betteridge? Another good signing for the Panthers? Yeah, I think it's a, a great signing. Good young Brit. Did well last season. With the, the Played 60 games, got 19 points. Eight of them were goals. 11 assists. He did well in Budapest last year, but in the for GB. Should hopefully possibly get into GB for World Championships next month. And a possibility. I mean, he's he's shining very well in Nottingham and a not so great season for them. 
you'd say. Yeah, um, very good uh, individual. Another one who's had a, a bit of a, a bit of a breakout year as such, and and earned that call up uh, to GB. Like with Tetlow, he'll just carry on and be part of that nucleus of young Brits that the Panthers will have. And I just can see him just getting better and his production will get better. And it's going to go from there. And I think, you know, the Panthers, the Brit calls it, you know, is looking to shape now in good hands. You've got them, you've got the two players we mentioned. You've got, assuming that Lakovic and Lee resign, that's a good basis to start from. And I think that's what the Panthers have, which... To go on a good campaign and have that, you need a good brick core, and the Panthers are starting to show that they have that. Yeah, is is another um, young Brit who was played all six of games last season. Uh, again, ninety points. That's not bad for the sort of team I was in. Um, started off pretty well, but towards the end, uh, just, just just lost quite a bit of form. Um, but it's it's good for them. They've got a, a good strong uh, brick core in Nottingham. And it's great to see that he's another one that's been retained because in a few years he's going to be one of the best in the country or, or, or even the UK. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good sign for them. Uh, and once again, just the guys around him that he's got, uh, you know, he's, he's going to thrive amongst them. And uh, for a few years, it'll, it'll, it'll be fantastic. So, yeah, that's really good for them. Yeah, I mean, it's another one, to be fair, I feel like we're saying it a lot, but another good signing for the Panthers. Um, you look at his stats, obviously, as you say, 19 points from 60 games. Very, very similar. I mean, we're talking two points apart between him and Scott Tansky, uh, and it's the exact same thing that I said about Tansky. Having a guy in the ranks that's going to be one of your top secondary point scorers, the guy that's going to be helping out, putting the points on the board, but not being that standout guy that's going to be riding the top of the league in, in points. It's an important signing to have, and on top of that, he's a 23-year-old Brit. So, you know, it's looking good for Nottingham in terms of the Brit core. Always been something that Nottingham have had is a, is a decent, you know, is a decent Brit core. But it looks like they're they're building up the foundation to have another good Brit core moving forward. Um, and Betteridge certainly looks like he could be one of those standout players that helps them get there. Uh, so, an important signing, I think, for the Panthers. Um, and again, as you say, off the back of not the best season for them almost seems strange saying not the best season with them finishing third i mean it's still an achievement um but off the back of not the best season for them he's had a good season in terms of points and you know he's looking up obviously as you say the gb call up and he's got another season to look forward to in nottingham as well his points are on the up every season which is always good 16 17 he put up 10 points 17 18 he put up 14 and then this season he's put up 19. So if his points carry on up there, he starts to turn into a 25-30 point scorer a season. Certainly going to be a great player for the Panthers. Uh, then we move away from Nottingham. Uh, we move towards Coventry. So Coventry re-signed Alex Forbes. Uh, played for them this season. Another Brit, um, another young Brit, 22 years old. Dave, what, what do we think to Forbes? A good signing for the Blaze? Yeah, and it's it's basically repeating what I've said about the others, and it's no disrespect to Ford, but it's, it's again, it's one of them foundation signings. A break, not break years such, but he had a start last the season, just gone with the blaze, and I think he'll just grow into it and, and find his way. And one thing that Stuart has done well um, is the the Brits that he's had, and 
you know, all been well for Forbes, he'll get more time and really show his potential. I think this will be the year that it shows whether he can get and, and get the, the top three line time and, and not just be the guy that goes on the fourth line and gets scraps. Well, you've seen it before with some Brits that look promising um, and then fall away. You know, example in Coventry, you know, who didn't fall away, Ross Venus, uh, because of injury. Uh, Paul Thompson threw him in the lineup and he, I think, had about uh, seven or eight goals in 20 odd games in, in about 10 years ago. I think, I think it could, could even be his testimonial year this year, which makes, you know, probably being Griffin a, a little bit old. Um, but uh, another opportunity for a young Brit to stake the claim in an elite league team. And you wish him all the best and, and go from there. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's a good young Brit when he gets the ice time given to him. Hopefully this could be the season where he does get the at least the third line ice time at least. I mean, he's had little patches of like showing his potential of what he can do in certain games for Coventry. So hopefully he can carry that on this season. Once again, this is a really good trend. Uh, another young Brit spent all 60 games. Uh, and it's it's great to see that that they are getting the amount of minutes that they are. They, they, these really strong Brit packs in all teams. Uh, that they get some good minutes. Uh, they're playing pretty much all games as well. Uh, unless obviously there's injury or anything like that. But five points. It, it's a bit similar to Tetlo. But... In, in a forward sort of position. Another guy who, who was on the fourth line, just, you know, kind of make up numbers, but also really contributing as well. Um, and just like I said with, with everyone else, in, in a few years, it'll be one of the top top British players. I mean, uh, the English start in the league, uh, the more they develop, and, and they really sort of uh, develop, develop the habits of probably the older players who will Unfortunately, um, eventually retire, but uh, they'll, they'll retain some of those instincts and, uh, and personalities and, uh, and they'll shine through. So, yeah, I have a really good feeling about these these British players. Yeah, it's great to see that, that like so many teams highlighting the need and obviously making the moves quickly. Uh, to get the Brits signed up, you would generally imagine that they would be the ones that would be easier to sign up anyway, but. It's good to see them signing nice and early. You know, it's people like Forbes, Tetlow, Betteridge can now get themselves in a, on a you know on a training regime nice and quickly. They can get themselves training nice and early on in the in the off season, get themselves in good shape for the season coming up. Five points from sixty games, not the best in terms of stats. You know, obviously as you say, Andy's he's close to Tetlow, but obviously Tetlow's a D man. Um, you know, Betteridge kind of pulling away there, but. We've also got to remember, and this is nothing against Coventry, but we're talking about Tetler, we're talking about Betteridge. They were playing on the third position team in the league. Whilst we're saying that Nottingham didn't have the best season last year, they were still the third team in the league. Coventry scraped the playoffs and scraped in eighth. And it's nothing against them at all. They did a stellar job to do that. Um, you know, Hackett came in and did a good job for them to pull them through at the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, a lot of their players pulled through to get them the points and get them to where they needed to be. But to get five points from a young Brit, 22 years old, it's his second, you know, this year was his second year in the league. 
Still, again, probably falling slightly short to the fact that there's no EPL. They can't get him some further ice time and a bit more confidence, a bit more experience on the ice by putting him down to the EPL because of that gap between the, the Elite League and the NIHL. So obviously, hopefully that's something that will change now that there's a new structure coming in. But for Forbes, great to see him re-signed by Coventry again. Let's hope that he can put some more points on the board for them this year. But again as well, Andy, as you say, 60 games this year. It's good to see these young Brits coming in and playing every game. Um, you know, getting the minutes, getting the game time. And also not suffering the injuries. I mean, that's the point that could really hurt the career is obviously coming in at an early, early age and taking the injuries and, you know, maybe taking five less games, ten less games. You know, coming through in a 18-19 season, 60 games under his belt. Can only see a better season for him this year. Then we move from Coventry um, to what will probably be a bit more of a lengthy discussion because there's been a lot of movement in the Sheffield camp as expected. Uh, they had their fan forum on the Tuesday just gone in which they announced their new coach and GM. They announced two... Uh, well, import players, and they announced their Brit pack that was returning as well. So we'll start with the coach and GM, Aaron Fox, uh, a guy that was coaching the likes of John Armstrong and Tom Zanoski, who obviously moved to Sheffield to play for them last year. So he was coaching the EBL last year with uh, Medvedskak Zagreb. Uh, he's coaching the, well, he's been the GM or sports manager, as he's referred to it in the KHL. Dave, a good signing for Sheffield. Yeah, I mean, now we've got over the shock of the worst kept secret. Um, yeah, I thought no, it was going to be Dan Bilsma. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I'd heard other names, um, but we'll not go into that one. Tom Chisito. <laughs> not the name I, I heard. However, um, we'll go into that later on. <laughs> no, as a guy with a good resume, and he's got experience in top leagues. You know, the time he spent in the KHL, not just maybe not coaching in the KHL, but it's the contacts he ever picked up in the KHL with his. GM-esque role for Zagreb. So his, his contact span will be good, and I think that was where Sheffield faltered at the back end of last season. If you look at the signs they picked up and they said, well, the market's empty, then you see Glasgow pick up a sign and you go, well, hang on a minute, how they picked that up. Well, exactly, classic example. You know, These signings are picked up and we'll be, we'll be told, but the market's empty, the market's dry. And then there's no disrespect to the guys who were picking up players from Sheffield. It's just... You know, proofs in the pudding. So I, I, I have a good feeling about Fox in respect of his his networks uh, and the league and the experience and where he'll be able to pick them up from. He spoke very well. He was in Sheffield on Tuesday night. He's actually going to be in full time over the summer. So he's not going to be going back to Canada or wherever his homeland is. Um, he's going to actually be working in Sheffield. He's bringing his family across and they're all going to be settled, even the kids. He's, he's really gone to to detail and making sure that he's in Sheffield. So from from a, that perspective, I think that'd be good for the Steelers having the coach to get to know more about the club and the city. Bear in mind, he has been in Sheffield for games before the season finished. His first game was the Glasgow 6-1 def, uh, game, I think. Memory says right. So he's seen a fair few games. He's watched a load of webcasts, uh, not just on the players who will play for Sheffield, but one of the signs that we'll mention in, in, in due course. So I, I've, I've got a good feeling. I, I left uh, the fans' home because I know me, you and Andrew there, I left with a bit of a good vibe about it. I'm, I'm kind of happy about it because I'm a bit excited of what we could see in Sheffield in terms of what Aaron, Aaron Fox will bring. 
Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, uh, I think we've been needing <clears throat> excuse me, uh, needing the sort of uh, coach like Ar- like Andrew Lord, like Adam Keith, certainly the uh, the younger coaches, more, more probably more inexperienced coaches. But ever since you know Lord, I took the job in Cardiff, uh, and Keith uh, took the coaching role in Belfast after after playing. Um, they're both done fantastic jobs, uh, recruiting wise and coaching as a whole. And Aaron Fox is, you know, the, the the best thing for me is that he's seen the problems in Sheffield firsthand. Like he attended, he's attended a few games since February, I think, February March, and he's he's seen what the problems are. And you know, he's I have, I have no doubt that he's going to do a good job in uh, in in sorting those problems out and, and bringing the bringing the players that we need uh, to strengthen the team as a whole. And his sort of role as a sports manager was uh, was interviewing the players, in, interviewing coaches even. So I think he's got the good instincts of of a coach already, and uh, I think he's he's going to really settle in, in into his job really smoothly. I mean, uh, he, he enrolled his children in, into the, into their school on Friday, the day of the uh, fans forum. So you can see how committed he is, and uh, commitment is one thing that we really really needed in Sheffield. Just the commitment, the passion. And that's definitely what Aaron's got, and I really look forward to seeing him Sheffield on the bench. Yeah, I, I think for this season coming up, I think it's going to be pretty good for you guys. I mean, it's going to be a lot better than last season, hopefully. Well, for in your for your sake, you hope it is. So I mean, the Pens aren't going to get swept again. Oh no, that probably still will happen. Why is Dave shaking his head? It's the first time they've made playoffs in like 10 years. <laughs> Three years. Yeah, no, don't worry. I was exaggerating. It's not it Buffalo, will it? Oh, well. But we're on about your team here. Yeah? <laughs> it's not really nice. I think with his... With the KHL links, I think you're going to be bringing in some really good players, so... You might have lost out on getting Colleen, but you might get someone else who's just as good or even better. So that could make you happy there. That's the thing that made me smile. I mean, the, the amount of times that we saw fans saying, oh, I want to sign Lord, I want to sign Keith, I want to sign Dixon. and you, you just look at it and think, can we not look at something outside of the league? I appreciate the fact that people aren't going to have lists and lists of, of people available out of the league and that, generally speaking, people are going to know what what they're getting and what kind of people there are within the league. So I get the reason that people try and pick from within the league. But in comes Aaron Fox, KHL experience from the recruitment side. Um, one of the funny things they actually mentioned at the fans forum was the fact that Fox uh, <laughs> interviewed for some new coaches while they were in the KHL. Uh, and one of the CVs that passed his desk was Tom Barrasso, who I believe he interviewed uh, and then gave the job to someone else. So quite a, quite an amusing thing, quite quite funny to see how that's kind of the circle's gone round and now Fox has ended up taking over from Barrasso. Um, you know, we, we, we're getting a coach now that's going to sign his own team, which is a big thing again. Obviously, we didn't have that with Barrasso at the latter part of the season. Uh, and I, I just think Fox just looks brilliant. We're not getting a coach that's saying we're trying to hit the bar that Cardiff have set. But what he has said in his interview with and with um, Pete Spencer was he said, you know, he, he looked, he, you know, he listed off the top six from Cardiff like he'd been coaching them for a month. 
And he turned around and said, I don't think you'd be able to tell me which of the top six from Cardiff was the top line and which was the second line. They've more got a line of 1A and 1B. And that, for me, when a coach is turning around and saying, I don't want a first line, I want a 1A and a 1B, and then the third line to be a second line, that can only look good going forwards in the league. So, you know, it's certainly a wait and see again. Obviously, you know, you've got your coach. You've still got a lot of players and a lot of slots to be filled. Hopefully we get a good goalie like Colleen. Obviously, I've just kind of the pop calling the kettle black a little bit there because obviously I'm, I'm saying people saying they want a, a coach being signed from within the league and then I'm saying I want to sign a goalie from within the league but I just like the look of Killeen this year the other goalies out there brilliant I'd love to sign us an import goalie to go alongside Jackson Whistle uh, but a lot of trust in, in, Adam, in Aaron Fox at the moment you don't get to be recruiting and, and to be doing that job for a KHL team without having something about you and then obviously he's coached for, uh, for Zagreb last year as well so Wait and see. Um, very, very excited to see what kind of other signings he brings in. Um, we then had, actually quite strangely announced at the fans forum, it was all kind of announced all at once by accident as a, as a slide was clicked um, prematurely and then we had to flick through all the slides of all the new players that we <laughs> were bringing back and that we were signing. Um, the first re-signing that was announced, uh, one that... well. That led to a lot of happy faces leaving uh, leaving the hotel the other day from the fans forum uh, was Anthony DeLuca. Gref, I'll throw this over to you first because he did a bit of damage against uh, against Manchester at times. So what did you think to DeLuca? You know, was he a guy that you saw being a priority for the Steelers? Yeah, I think he is a. I think he was probably one of the top priorities for you guys. I I, I think he probably scored two hat tricks this season past us. Obviously in separate games, but it was he's he is a a pretty really decent player. He's the he's fast, he's skillful, and he's not afraid to actually go into the dirty corners either. So he's one that he's going to be brilliant for you guys. I mean, he's already shown he's been brilliant, and he only came in at towards the latter end of the season. He started very slowly. Um, he needed his conditioning, and he's, he admitted it himself. His conditioning weren't where it needed to be. But once he got it there, or got it to near enough so he can uh, springboard from there, we saw what Anthony DeLuca could do. Um, like you said, Greff, you know he's not just a skillful player. He's the guy that gets into the dirty areas. He, the guy that really does do the hard yards. And he got the point reward for his his work ethic. And a few players could have looked at DeLuca towards the back of the season and just looked at the work ethic. But the skill he has, well, because you know, you know, he's, he's passing from many areas of the defensive zone out to break out plays was really top notch. So great re-signing for the Steelers. Adds to the to the import core. Uh, with obviously there's uh, Johnson, Armstrong. And to be confirmed, McGrath, I know he's meant to be on a two-year deal. However, you listen to some people, not sure that'll be the case. However... Doesn't necessarily sound like it from Fox's last interview. I'm going to say some of the interviews I've heard doesn't seem to be that he may be taking that second option. However, it's a good strength. Bear in mind, this is a team that finished seventh. So they had to get some rid of some players. They've kept the right ones so far. For me, there's one more to keep. That'd be one of the right ones. That may happen 
in due course. We may hear it next week with a deadline for seed tickets. Who knows? And that's not being cynical. It's all teams do it. But to start off, that's a good re-signing in terms of import for the Steelers. I don't think there's one uh, Steeler that, that's unhappy about this. I mean, look at like they're circling halfway through the season, not, not in the best of shape. Um, but I think that the guy in Danny Moyer and, and the things that he does with the team, he'll be probably at his best, fittest-wise, uh, that he's been in, in, in the whole of his career. I mean, he'll be starting early, he'll be getting ready, uh, John Strunel training and everything. And 25 points in 42 games isn't bad at all. Uh, someone who's coming halfway through. Um, it's not it's not just the points he's put up as well. It's, it's just the skill that he has for a guy who's 24. He has so much skill and he, he's around the ice like a rat. You know, it, he's it makes the opposition a, a real handful just just trying to take the puck, the puck off him and, uh, and 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 trying to get to him. But he's he's, he's small as well, so um, he's just really really skate really fluid. He's really fluid skating wise and. Um, I think he's he's really been one of the backbones for Sheffield this season, apart from uh, Whistle and, and, and maybe a few others. But he's he's a fantastic job, and I have no doubt he's going to do a, an even better job next season. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him back on the ice. Yeah, he was the number one priority for me to sign this year. Um, I said I'd like to say this. I, I called it straight away. The first game that I saw DeLuca play, and okay, he came out, he came in out of shape. He came in on the fourth line. He was getting one or two shifts a period max. Um, and I said, and a lot of fans were slating him. A lot of fans were saying, we don't know why we've signed him. He's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he got a chance to go on the third line because of an injury. He got his fitness up by that point, and he was off. And the first game that I saw him playing, before that point, when he was playing on the fourth line, when his fitness wasn't at, the, at his peak as it was last season. And the first thing that I said, I turned around to my dad, and I, might, I think I turned around to you as well, Dave, and said, this kid's got a lot of skill. This kid has got a lot of ability, and he's going to be a very, very good player if he's played on the right line, and if he gets his fitness up. And he did both of those, and my God, was he good. Um, yes. I would expect to be seeing him putting up more points than obviously the 24, 25 next season. Get him on the right line, you know, and get him uh, get him in from the off. Get him a good off season. Get him a good training regime in the off season. Only good things to expect from Anthony DeLuca. Um, I assuming Dave, the other player that you want to see signed is Eberle. Yep, definitely. Um, adds to the 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 Sheffield sort of blue collar hockey. Um, an absolute rat. Um, and I, I felt he was one of the better players towards the end. He he thrived in the playoffs, um, just like another Eberle that's thrived in the playoffs so far. Um, but he's the type of guy, um, he's four goals actually, um, he's the type of guy who played well, he, but he was also that energy player that just every team needs. And, and Eberle of the town of Variety brought it in bucket loads. So... Hopefully we we hear that he's resigned. I, I I'll be very happy. Um, but he's it's it's kind of the pieces part, isn't it? So we said about 
um, Tansky in, Bray, in Glasgow, my apologies. You have the guys with the skill. You've got the guys who are sort of the taller, the muscle guys, and then you've got the uh, the agitators, the skill, the uh, the spark type players. And you add them all together, and that, that gives you the nucleus of a good team. And with Eberle, if he's resigned, let's assume he is resigned, that then makes Sheffield with players to sign that could just be very skillful, a bit more physicality, but more skill. And adding to the team that was a seventh place team, it becomes a very dangerous prospect. See, I'm 50-50 with Eberle. I think, I think I'm about the only Steelers fan that is. I'd like to see him signed. If I didn't see DeLuca re-signed, I'd have been disappointed. If I don't see Eberle signed, I'm not going to be crying about it. I, I just... I agree. You know, he, he showed us a different type of hockey than we saw from most players last season when we were really, really down in the dumps, when we were really, really, you know, fighting against the grain and, and losing most of his games at the start of the season when we were in those bottom two spaces in the league. You know, Eberle came out every game. He brought a burst of energy. He was throwing in the hits. One of the things that Aaron Fox is coming out with a lot is saying that if he can find better out there, then he'll replace him. Doesn't matter whether they're on a two-year deal. Doesn't matter whether they're on a one-year deal. If he can find a better player, then he'll sign that better player. And the only thing for me is, and it, and it's not a dig at Eberle, but his point production wasn't at the point that I think even he would have wanted it to be at. And that's the only hindrance that I can see for Eberle. If we can get him back and get him to put another 10, 15 points on the board, absolutely 100% will be my top priority next signing. But if he stays at the points that he's been at this season, you know, I, I'm not going to be gutted if he doesn't re-sign. I'd rather him re-sign. That's not me saying I don't want to see him sign. But I'm not going to be devastated if he doesn't. It's one of them things that, that players are, are replaceable, per se. I mean, everyone, going back years... And everyone was saying, you know, how can you replace a guy caught like uh, Rick DeBant, who legend of the, of the of the British game, and obviously Greff knows with his uh, time in Manchester. And then Sheffield did that with a guy called Mike Perron. It was just the same, um, an absolute rat. Um, did all the same things that you know these type of guys are replaceable. You know, North America produces a lot of them, and obviously Europe does, but mainly North America. So, I, in respect to what you're saying in terms of the point output, that probably is the area that he'd want to improve. And if you could find someone that could do that, you know, 10, 20, 25 points more, but play the same role, you, you'd go for that. In respect of, the, you know, better the devil you do, in that respect, I would keep Eberle. But if there's someone available, like with everybody, you make you want to, you want to sign, and every team will do this, all 10 teams at the moment, all will want to sign the best player they can get. And if it means replacing a player that actually everyone likes, they're the tough choices that Aaron Fox will have to make. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see who we bring in and whether Eberle is one of the ones back. It wouldn't surprise me, as you say, if he was one of the guys that we, we signed just before the deadline for the season tickets um, for the early birds, just as a kind of prompt. You know, if you if you needed something, there you go. There's Eberle's coming back as well. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, the other guy that the Steelers have brought in is a guy that I'm very, very happy with. Um, a guy that's Twitter gay, whose Twitter game has been absolutely A class, <laughs> absolutely grade A Twitter game, um, winding up every fan in the league telling them that he might go there, he might go here, he might go here. Uh, he signed in Sheffield. It is Mark Olivier Valorand. 
Uh, Andy, what did you think when you found out Valorand was coming to Sheffield? Really happy, to be honest. Um, I know we had a few seasons. Uh, he had a season commentary uh, in this in these 16, 17 season. Right. The, the season before last, anyway. And uh, yeah, 17, 18. Yeah, but he, he put some great points. Um, obviously, then he went to. Uh, of a team then but um no just really good um let's get the starts up here man's been a bit slow uh he went to h ehc luster now uh, after leaving coventry in 1718 uh he, in coventry he put 65 points up in 48 games which is pretty good very very good indeed and then uh, obviously going to ehc luster now uh in the Alps league 62 points in 35 there so pretty good going um and his Twitter game was just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, Rob Lomas's tattoo. I hope, I hope he tweets uh, a photo <laughs> like once he gets it done. It's fantastic to see. But yeah, he's he's one of the surprises I think of of, of a season. Uh, well, surprise signings. Uh, a really good player overall. And um, yeah, he's he, he's got a personality as well, which is not something you always see. Uh, in in out skater, uh, but yeah, he's. I'm really glad he's here, um, and I, I think he'll he'll put some really good points again. Yeah, definitely um, a signing of character. He if, if his his overall season play is like his Twitter game, we're in for a treat. Uh, he certainly, uh, uh, for want of a better phrase, poked the bear in the cage across the whole of the UK hockey fan base. Um, but no, you look at his stats and he's playing in decent leagues, you know, EBBL, NLB in Switzerland and, and got points where, wherever he's gone. So I like it. It was, you know, I'm happy with the signing. It's again, not one of the other pieces that we probably didn't have in Sheffield. If we're, if we're honest, the season just gone. So it bodes well. It's, it's one of the signs that it bodes very well for the new season. So, you know, all being well. You know, we'll ignore, obviously, as a French-Canadian, him and De Luca were straight away in all accounts. As soon as they, the, the twangs were here and they went into French. And we'll ignore that um, aspect of it all. But, no, a signing of, of, of decent calibre, pull-up points, had a good season in Coventry. It bodes well. I'm surprised he hasn't. He, he's not been snapped up by a, a so-called big four in the Elite League after a season in Coventry. In two seasons, and he had 30 plus goals in both of them. That's a for a forward. That's a fantastic season he's having. And even getting 30 plus assists as well. That's that's something you guys were, I'd say, lacking in a bit with being a goal scorer and also assisting more. I mean, it's he'll. I think it'll be him and DeLuca, and um, maybe, and obviously another forward and probably in the middle. That's going to be that's going to be a powerhouse of a, of a forward line. It's fair to yeah. say that, that contrast has been absolutely triggered by that signing. Yeah, they certainly have. It's been really, it's been really quite hilarious to see people uh, calling him a traitor for going to a team for more money. Uh, to which the response generally has been, so if you were told that you could have another job um, doing the same thing for a different company for double the money, 
would you really not go there? Um, I, I can't say that he's wrong. <laughs> um, from the, what he brings to the table, obviously you guys have hit the nail on the head. 66, uh, sorry, 65 points from 48 games. Uh, so an absolutely fantastic signing there for the, for the Steelers. When he played in that season, he was the top goal scorer in the Elite League. Um, not points, but top goal scorer. He was joint with Luke Moffat. Uh, however, Luke Moffat had played another eight games. He'd played 56 games. So 34 goals from 48 games for Valorant that year. An absolutely fantastic player. Um, I know that Pete Spencer asked Aaron Fox on their interview whether he was looking at a first-liner player uh, in, in Valorant. Fox said he certainly puts him in the remit of being a first-line player, but if there are, you know, he, he's, as I say, he's striving to get a 1A and a 1B line, so he's, he's not writing off seeing Valorant on the first or second line. Really, really good to hear from a Steelers fan's perspective. Um, nice to see that we're signing a player of that calibre and not instantly thinking he's going on the first line. Um, certainly shows a lot of promise uh, and it certainly shows a lot of drive to get the best team that we can so but certainly a good start in signing Valorant I think uh, again I don't think there's an unhappy Steelers fan that left that forum after we signed after we announced him um, then the other signings that were announced at that forum at the fans forum for the Steelers they announced the Brit Pack for the 2019-20 season um, I'll just run through the Brit Pack uh, and then you guys just—I'll I'll throw it over to you guys just to throw out some standout. We'll not go through every player because we'll be here for another three hours. Um, so the Steelers, obviously, they've got Jackson Whistle on the last year of his two-year contract, so he's got a year left. Davy Phillips has got two years left on his contract now. I think he's recently signed a two-year con- deal. Robert Dowd has signed a two-year deal. Ben O'Connor's got a year left on his contract. Kieran Brown's on a two-year deal. Jordan Griffin's on a one-year deal. Brandon Whistle, like Jackson, has got a year left on his two-year contract. Uh, we've just announced the signing of Alex Graham, who's the uh, the new face for the for the Brits. So he's on a two-year deal. Shudra's got a year left on his deal. Obviously, he signed a two-year deal last year, but then uh, was on loan to MK. So we don't know what's happening with Shudra yet. Uh, and then Jonathan Phillips was the surprise signing on the, on the next slide that was shown to all the Steelers fans. So... Generally speaking, retaining the whole of the Brit court minus Brad Day. He's the one that's not on that list. Good signings in terms of a Brit pack. It's probably the strongest in the country. Uh, you look at Dowd, you look at O'Connor, stud signings, import-esque signings. The beauty of them, the Brits. Um, you go the reason that Dowd was being rumoured to be moving over to the bigger teams and, and, and things like that. There's a lot of rumours around Dowd and that's the reason. Well, you look at O'Connor, he, he did have a KHL contract before it was cancelled. Uh, ended up uh, at Lexand and then obviously came back in Sheffield. But, you know, these are the, you know, the, the standard of play of these two guys and the others. For me, what I was more happier in terms of the signing is of Jonathan Phillips, the captain, the, the DNA of this hockey club. And... I may have mentioned it on the podcast before. When you, if you go watch hockey in, in Manhattan, you say the captain, they say one person. Now I'm not going to compare John Phillips to um, Mark Messier, but you will go Sheffield, and you ask about number twenty. It's the captain. He is that. He's that guy. He's been exemplary for twelve years, I think it is now. He's been in Sheffield, captain for eleven of them. Um, had another great season. Don't look like he's slowing down, and especially after two massive knee surgeries. For me. It's it's 
that is the biggest signing on two for one. He's your captain. He's your leader. But it's also for the new guys. Every team, and we've mentioned already with Glasgow, identity and Sheffield's identity start as all teams, but it starts from the captain, starts from the leadership. And with Phillips, he knows it inside out. And if they need to know quickly, he will tell them in abundance, this is what playing for the Steelers is about. So for me, that was the bigger of the signings in terms of the bit pack. There's one guy that I really want to touch upon. And his name is Alex Graham. He's 16 years old. Six foot. He's already, he's already an absolute terror of a guy. Uh, but he's currently playing in, uh, for Great Britain in the under 18s. Uh, he's got six points in four games. It's very, very good. And uh, also, uh, he played for the Steel Dogs, Steel Hawks, and Scorpions. Uh, with Steel Hawks and Scorpions being uh, under 18 and under 20 level. And um, combined. In those three teams in one season, that's 38 games, 128 points. That is just unbelievable. I mean... I thought we were going to go Gary Barlow on us then and go back to absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, quick maths. Just absolutely brilliant. Quick maths, he's got a calculator. Yeah, I, I say, yeah, my maths is rubbish, you <laughs> know that, mate. I, I was going to calculator out. Um, but... That's just incredible. I mean, I don't know if there's been many Brits who have got points like that on the board. And um, you can just imagine him just really settling in with Steelers, playing alongside uh, or, or training alongside Robert Dowd, uh, Jonathan Phillips, uh, players like that. And you can just you can just see his game is already going to be even even better. I I think he's ready for this league as, as, uh, even such a at such a young age. I can see him doing a fantastic job in Sheffield, and uh, I'm really glad that he's he's, he's been found, and uh, hopefully um, we'll see him log some really good minutes and put up some points as well. Yeah, I'm like Staff has mentioned. Then getting a a young talent in like Alex Graham, who listening to people talking about him on social media last last season. They're saying he could be like the next Liam Kirk, which, if given the ice time, he could probably get up to that point or even maybe get better than that point. I mean, the amount of points he's getting so far is really good for it. It's brilliant for a 16-year-old. But obviously, the re-signings of Dowd, O'Connor and Jonathan Phillips... That's probably the And key your favourite Davy. No, just no. Don't forget Davy. I will don't forget, forget Davy. Don't you forget can keep Dallas, we'll have Davy. I'll forget him in Casicha. <laughs> I'm presuming you'll forget a lot in Casicha. Just try and keep hold of your hat and glasses this time. I will do. Um yeah, for me, um the Brit pack that the Steelers have at the moment is so deep, um, you know we're in such a good position in terms of Brits, uh, and you look at those ten on the list, you can easily split it down the middle as like a, a current generation and almost the, like a next generation side of things. We're going to go all Star Trek on the mix. Um, you've got Jackson, you've got Robert Dowd, you've got Davy, you've got Ben O'Connor, you've got Jonathan Phillips, 
you know, the, the, the strong guys now, your go-to guys in the Britcore now. But then you've got Kieran Brown, Jordan Griffin, Brandon Whistle, Alex Graham and Cole Shudra, five guys that you know in, in a couple of years to come are going to be the next guys to be adding the depth to that Brit pack. And uh, it really, really is a good way going forward. Um, people are quick to slate Paul Thompson, but let's not forget, without Paul Thompson, we wouldn't have Kieran Brown, we wouldn't have Jordan Griffin, we wouldn't have Brandon Whistle, um, and we probably wouldn't be, well, we wouldn't have Cole Shudra, and we probably wouldn't be looking at Alex Graham at the moment. And also, Liam Kirk probably wouldn't be playing well, probably wouldn't have been drafted in the NHL and probably wouldn't have been signed to the Peets because Paul Thompson was the guy who said we were going to start bringing in these apprenticeship contracts. Uh, and the two apprenticeship contracts that we brought in were Cole Shudra and Liam Kirk. So a lot to thank Thompson for for that, as much as Steelers fans may not be happy to say it. Um, you know, you look at the, the, the 10 on that list, you've got the five... I don't want to say oldies because they're not old. But, you know, you, you've got your five older, more experienced Brits, and then you've got your five upcoming younger Brits that are going to be the guys that you're talking about in five years' time, ten years' time. Um, so yeah, certainly looks good going forward for the Steelers. A good Brit pack. We've been talking as we've been going for every team, and you you look at every team that's signing the Brits early doors, and that's that's the way you want to start. You want to start between the pipes. And you want to start with a good Brit pack. Um, and the Steelers have already started off well with that. We've got Jackson. We've got a good Brit pack. Let's bring in a nice import goalie and then get some top point scorers on the board. And we're certainly going to be contesting with the looks of that next season. Um, so, yeah, I think that is all from the airport section of the podcast. I know that we're all very, very ecstatic at the fact the airport section is back. We may not be so ecstatic when we're uh, into the middle part of next season when players are coming and going just just like the way this season. But moving on from that, we've got a bit more of a negative outlook on the league uh, that's been brought on by another podcast, the Spitting Chicklets podcast, which is an NHL podcast featuring the ex-lockout Cardiff Devils player Paul Bissonnette. They actually interviewed Ryan Lannan, a guy who was playing for Milton Keynes last year. He obviously left partway through the season to go to the Finnish team sport. Was it the Finnish team sport? Sport of ours, yeah. That one. Thank you. I wasn't trying that. Um, but yeah, he left He left MK to go and play for sport. And um, that seems weird saying he left MK to go and play for sport. Um, strange <laughs> sentence. But yeah, he left MK. Um, and he has opened up a little bit more about his time in Milton Keynes. Um I'll throw this out to all of you just as a general discussion point. What, what did we think to the interview? What do we think to the effect that it'll have on the league? The effects it'll have on MK. Obviously, we know that MK Lightning won't be won't be in the Elite League in this upcoming season. But just what what did we think to the interview? Because it was not a good interview for the league. It wasn't a good interview for the league. It was good listening. Um, if you if you have the time, go and listen to it. Players talk. Players always share stories. This is the only difference with this one is that it's very available to everybody because it's obviously on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Now, you heard rumours that things weren't quite there at Milton Keynes. And then, you know, with these the stories from, from this interview, it's, it's not good at all. It's not brought the, uh, the league in a good light. However, what... The, the negative of that side is you look at obviously a lot of the positives that the league has done and the, the standard of playing, the standard of officiating is, is on an upward curve. 
it's a black mark. But as daft as it sounds, that's all it is. Because like I said, players talk. They'll they'll, they'll go back home and they'll, they'll go to the local rink and they go, you know, you played in Milton Keynes and you used to always, I know I played in Dusseldorf and you should have heard the story, you should have heard this. And then some guy will played in Moscow and you hear these stories. They, they, they exchange stories and it, it goes round and round and round. And some of the stories no one ever hears. You just hear the rumbles of these stories. The only thing is this one obviously is available to listen to. For me, it's not good. Um, the, the the beauty in one respect is Milton Keynes dropping down to the NHL. You don't have much of the the aspects of what the impact could have been, but it's a black mark. But I'm I'm positive that the other teams will ensure that they're not the next team spoken about on on a podcast of such nature because they'll make sure that their practices are good. And if such thing you know some teams go close to the win. They make sure that at least they get the basics sorted, you know, like paying for flights for players back home, them them type of things, which you'd expect to be a basic of a hockey team's operation for a season uh, start to finish. Yeah, I agree. I'll just just before you guys chat, uh, like give your takes on it. I'll I'll add if you do want to go and listen to the like the episode, it's about eighty minutes into episode one six eight of Spitting Chicklets. It's not something I don't think the content-wise or actual stories of it is something that we'll discuss on here because a we don't have any rights to the content. That's it was it was from Spitting Chicklets, but b I just don't think it's a productive thing for us to <laughs> to rediscuss on you know to 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 multiply and put out on separate platforms. So we'll not discuss the specifics of it in this podcast. But if you do want to listen, it is on Spitting Chicklets one six eight. Um. Yeah, we got. I'll throw it over to Griffin and I just thought I'd add that. I've listened to the the podcast last night. It really didn't shed a good light on the league. Uh, like Grantie said, it's a black mark, but in one respect, it's not too bad. Now you could say it's just because. MK are not really in the elite league now. But then when you hear, it's kind of like you hear stories from the KHL where players are not getting paid. You hear, you hear all the, the stories about Doug Mackay with these visa troubles and as such. And you hear what you hear on the podcast itself, you're like, wow, I knew it was bad, but I didn't realise it was that bad. Yeah, I, I, even before hearing that, I, I, I didn't understand uh, the actual problems that, that they had in, in, in Bilton Keynes. I mean, uh, we definitely learned a lot more listening to that in, interview. Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very good. I just hope it doesn't make re- repercussions in terms of uh, re- recruiting or anything like that for the league going into next season. Uh, certainly not not fantastic maybe some players would even be uh second thinking about where they're going next but even him saying that Colleen was literally uh he was thinking about walking out of the club in in february he was thinking about walking out and and, and that just says a lot doesn't it I, I mean it's really really bad for mk uh i think the right thing for them is that they are dropping down um hopefully uh the owners aren't around too long. Uh, I don't think they've done much wonders for them. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm again. I, I'm just hoping this doesn't have the, the repercussions that uh, it, it sounds like could be possible. Um, yeah, he's yeah, it's just not very good. Yeah, I mean, you see the people. There's, there's still some hope from some people. There's, there's social media pages and stuff of keep, keep elite league hockey and MK and things like that. And, and people are still holding hope that they could have salvaged um, some kind of MK team to be playing in the elite league. I think if that's not already gone, I, I think it certainly has now. Um, the problem for me is, and with the main image of the league is. There was a time when the league was was one that players would come to at the latter stages of their career, and it, we had a reputation for a while as being a league as to where players would sign when they're coming to the end of their career and they want to retire. Uh, and you look at the likes of even like Cam Janssen, uh, Brian McGratton's obviously done that recently, but then you look further, Ryan O'Mara. Kevin Westgarth, you know, these are the kind of ex-NHL players that are coming over and then, you know, they, they played a year in, in England and then that's it. You know, they've, they've, had the, they've had the travel abroad, they've had the year away in England, experience a different league, experience a different country and then they go back home and retire and do something different. And we're now moving away from that kind of image. We're step, you know, the league's making a big step forward in quality. It's now becoming a stepping stone league where we're actually some players are signing with a view to try and get into Europe and I just hope that what this interview has brought into light and I don't think it's a negative interview because at the end of the day that's what's been going on behind closed doors if anything I think it's it's, it's good that we get that image you know we're not just left in that position where we're wondering what happened in MK why was it that they came to the Elite League for two years and then dropped back down we're not in that position we're not wondering about Doug McKay or Lannan or you know, certain players leaving. We've now got a bit more of an open mind, but just with that interview being out there and with things going on as they have in MK, you just hope to God that it's not going to put a negative outlook on the league. You hope to God that it's not going to take us a few steps back. Um, I don't think it will, because you've still got the teams, like you've still got Cardiff bringing in players like Charles Lingley, Mike Hedden, you know, you've got Dwyer, Bowne, Murphy playing for Belfast. You get in those, you know, those top-level signings still coming in. Last season, um, you know, Valoran coming back to, you know, back to the league and coming to play for Sheffield. You hope that those signings are still going to keep coming through, and you hope that there's enough players to say the positives and say the good things about the league to counteract the stories that may be coming out of MK and to counteract those kind of stories. Um, you've, you've just got to kind of cross your fingers at this point, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly an interesting listen, as we say. I'll just say it one more time. It's spitting chocolates one six eight. It's about eighty minutes, but it's about the, about the eighty minute mark, I think, um, of the episode. But certainly worth a listen. Um, I know there's a few of us that listen to spitting chocolates anyway, and would probably recommend listening generally because it is a good podcast. But um, if you're not into NHL and that kind of thing, then maybe just flick to that one. But it is a good podcast. But if those who don't like the the non-family uh, orientated language. You may want to step away from it That's because a good they, disclaimer to add in there. <laughs> they, they they do sail very close to the wind, and, and some of the content and discussion material is of a um, adult nature, shall we say? Yeah, not not just the language, the uh, the discussion content as well. <laughs> especially especially Pub is the worst one for it, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. yes. 
but no, great podcast. If if anybody has the chance to listen to it, and anybody doesn't mind uh, hearing a few, uh, hearing a few, <laughs> a bit of colourful language and a few. Uh, Maybe uh, taboo stories being told. Then uh, certainly give that a listen. It is on it is on on, uh, on Spotify uh, amongst other platforms. So I, I'd certainly recommend it. Um, but yeah, if not, maybe just give the the interview from Lannan a listen. Um, but we'll move to the more positives again. Uh, we actually got something pretty much bang on um, for once, which is nice. Um, the stop doing that. I've, I, whenever you raise your arms now, Dave, I'm just <laughs> expecting you thinking about the Penguins and the Islanders again. So. Um, yeah, we'll not mention when it last was that you won a Stanley Cup, though, shall we? Um, yeah. Uh, the League Awards was something that we probably could have talked about in the last episode. Obviously, with it having been the live, in inverted commas, the live episode, obviously we did things slightly different last time around. So um, it was one that we wanted to discuss in a bit more detail, probably in a bit <laughs> with a bit more um, composure about us, shall we say. Um <laughs> So yeah, the awards have now been announced, um, and I have to say, there's only one across Twitter and Facebook that we actually got wrong across the votes. Obviously, we put each category out to to everybody. Um, we had the two nominees, uh, and you guys voted on Twitter, you guys voted on Facebook. So what we did is we collated the two votes, and the player with the most votes across Facebook and Twitter uh, was the player that we have now got as the winners. So... I'll run through them, and then, again, we'll just go through a brief kind of what do we think. So, forward of the year was Darcy Murphy. Uh, that was as was with the league, and that is as was that you guys voted from Twitter and Facebook. Uh, same for the defenseman of the year. The league winner and the winner on Facebook and Twitter from our polls was Gleason Fournier. Uh, and, again, with Netminder, league and MFZ um netminder of the year was tyler beskarawani um the coach of the year again league and my fancy zamboni winner was adam keith and the player of the year league and my fancy zamboni winner was tyler beskarawani there is only one that wasn't the overall winner across facebook and twitter on our polls that actually won um the award that was British Player of the Year, and our polls were very close. There were about five or ten votes in it, if if memory serves me right. The two nominees that we had were Ben Bounds and Kieran Long. The winner of the polls for my fancy Zamboni were ben, was Ben Bounds. Gref, just so that you can have one more moment of the 18-19 season being uh, a bit of a Manchester homer, would you like to tell us who won British, British Player of the Year? Yeah, it was Kieran Long. I thought he might like savour that a little bit more. Do you like make a bit more of a deal about it? I know. Yeah, Kieran Long done. It was as quick as our season. <laughs> you said it, not us. <laughs> I'm just getting it in there before you do. You know me too well. You know me too well. Um, what do we think to those guys? I mean, I think it speaks volumes that the votes on Twitter and Facebook pretty much matched up with with the actual league winners. Um, obviously. The two nominees that we put forward for British Player of the Year, what the other nominee was the one that won. So we were pretty close anyway. But what do we think of the guys? Of the guys? We'll start. We'll probably go with Player of the Year as the main topic of conversation. So obviously that's probably the one that had the most disparity between the four of us. What, what do we think? Can't argue with it. To be fair, I mean the picks that we had were good picks, but you know, Murphy, yeah. 
good, good, good show and fair, fair play. When you get like 50 goals in a season, you can't really argue with that. Yeah, it's difficult to stand that players of Belfast. Um, a productive year, uh, putting the points very consistently. Um, just, just very good forward, very, very fast skating. He was always in in the areas he wanted him to be, and then he he just he just made it made the goals go in and uh, did a really really good job for Belfast. You're all really confusing me here. I said player of the year. You realise that was Tyler Beskarawani, not Darcy Murphy, right? <laughs> I said let's discuss player of the year, and then you've all talked about Darcy Murphy. Oh, we're going in order. You went in oh, order. Yeah. Run through them all. We can run through them all. Okay. So, so it's your I will hold the blame, even though I was the one that said player of the year, and you all just chose to agree. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, Darcy Murphy. (laughs) I think Darcy Murphy and Ben Lake were the two front runners. Um, Murphy obviously pulled away on the points. I I can't disagree with it with the forward. Same for defenseman for me, Gleason Fournier. Um, I mean, he was. I think he was about twenty. Was about twenty-five, twenty. Something around that 25 points clear of the next top scoring defenseman or something along those lines. It was it was ridiculous the point difference. 20 plus, yeah. Also got the game winning goal in the playoff final. We don't talk about that goal because it lost me my bet. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't talking about that for me. I lost the bet and the Penguins went three 0 down. It was not a good day. I was not happy. <laughs> Didn't know that, John. I've not said it enough already. What did you not know that the Penguins went three 0 down, or the fact that I lost my bet? I've not, we've not discussed either of them at length at all. You've, you've not mentioned it once, mate. I know. I can tell I'm a bit sour about it. I will state for the record, I didn't care who won playoffs. I just wanted it to go to overtime. <laughs> um, yeah, so that 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 went well. Um, Netminder, we all. I think this was the one where we suggested the most players across the four of us. So I think we suggested seven players as nominees across the across the whole. So we all said Besco and Bounds. And then I said, and this is purely going off memory, I believe I said Sjogren. Yes. Dave, I can't remember who you said. I just remember I that Owens. you completely forgot about Rumpel. That's all I remember. I went Owens. You went Owen. Andy, you went Rumpel? Yeah, yeah, I did. Gref, sticking to your true Manchester homer former, you went Matt Gin. Um, I don't think any of us really saw anybody but Besco or Bounds winning it, other than maybe Gref. Um, did we did we all see Besco winning it? I mean, he he led yeah. he led Bounds on all stats really, and then obviously the league win just kind of sealed that off. I think. Agreed. Can confirm. Uh, and then we've got British Player of the Year, two. Um, front runners, the two nominees that we said, Bounds and Long. Gref, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Do you agree with British Player of the Year? Of course I do. <laughs> he's not so good at yeah, he's, he's, I, Honestly, I'm expecting him to make like a big thing about it, and he just goes, yeah, done, next. Um, top point scoring Brit, can't really say much more about <laughs> it. was either that or it was Bounds, either way. I think um, you've got a, a top quality Brit, obviously, there. Um, coach, Keith or Lord? Keith won the league. Lord won the playoffs. Keith won the Challenge Cup. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. At the point of picking the awards, I think it was always going to be Keith. 
you guys can chime in at any point you know on this. You've made me run through the list and then nobody's saying anything. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> You're fine. You're doing a good job. But in fairness, I think... Mate, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me on this podcast. I know, and I've said some awful stuff to and you. The last as well. And I, and I will do, and I'll say worse. <laughs> no, in fairness, I think all the, the awards that we've gone through and... They've I've kind of all been very okay. You have well done. Congratulations. Uh, they've been very self-explanatory. They've been very self. You know, you couldn't stand. It's not much discussion because yeah, you know, coach of the year, goal of the year, player of the year, forward of the year, you know, etc. Et they've kind of all explanatory because netminder of the year means it's about the netminder. You can't you can't have a forward winning the netminder of the year. You know what? You try to be nice to some people and then they throw it back in your face and this is what you get. These sour face Pens fans, honestly. Jeez. Four nil. This is why we said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, on a serious point, you know they've all they've all earned their their awards and congratulations to all the, the league winning uh, awardees. I like the way you said league winning and then tried to figure out how to finish off the sentence. <laughs> oh, awardees? Uh, really? <laughs> um. So the one of the things that's come out of the playoff finals weekend, which was obviously one thing that was uncertain going into the weekend was the continental cup qualifiers um it was a bit of a weird one this year with belfast and cardiff both taking a chl spot it was either going to be the playoff winners or it was going to be the third highest finishing team in the league um obviously cardiff won the playoffs they'd already got the chl spot so the conti cup spot has gone to nottingham what do we think? I'm kind of happy about that because it, it, it well, obviously it depends where the Conti Cup goes, I suppose. But I think I, I presume that Nottingham would like to try and bid for it. What do we think? It's a, it's a third British team in European action. Uh, it's good for the British game. They've also they will want to win the uh, this, the Salmon Plate again. Their last foray into the competition, they were the first British team to uh, to win it. So. They they want to win it again, so no, good luck to them. I suspect that they'll go straight into the semi final again. At that, in terms of the uh, the the third round, which is in November, the draws normally around July time, so they'll know who um who can go into which part and, and, and who will be hosting. Not going to have history of hosting a round, but not the uh, latter rounds. It was obviously Belfast held both of them, but Belfast have probably one of the better resumes of hosting hockey in Western Europe, if we're if bluntly honest. So I suspect that the Panthers will be on the road um, and we'll see. Probably Denmark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're going to end up getting drawn in Denmark. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to want to win it again. I mean, they want to get, some, get a good trophy towards the end of their season gets you into the CHL as well another team even better it gives them another chance another chance at it I mean there's no reason to say why why they can't do it again I think the Brit, the British teams have had uh, some really good chances and, and, and been, been pretty much the, the, the front runners to win the content of cut from, from recent years just, just because of the um, Calibre players were getting in the elite league, uh, and the and the Brit packs as well. I mean, they're, they're playing like imports, most of them. Uh, you you never know. They were they were homegrown in Britain from most of, of the other countries, obviously because I don't think uh, hockey is very big over here. But um, it's 
obviously bigger than I think it is. And uh, yeah, I think I think they got a good shot of winning it again. I don't see why not. It'd be good to see the silver platter if it comes back over here, um, won by another British team, won by the same British team. Um, again, another thing that it brings, in addition to the chance to bring the Conti Cup title back, is also another chance for us to have two slots in the CHL. Again, next season, if Nottingham were to win the Conti Cup, then we'd get two slots in the CHL again. So another nice thing for us to see. Um, it's great to see Belfast and Cardiff in the CHL this year. We'll have a bit more about the CHL in a moment just to appease Dave. But, you know, it's all... <laughs> Dave's just giving us a really cheesy thumbs-up grin, which was just perfect. I just wish I'd screenshotted that. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's great to see two teams representing Britain in the CHL and Nottingham being in the Conti Cup. Not only gives a third team representing in Europe... But it also gives that chance for us to get that second slot in the CHL again if Nottingham can can do what they did last time. If you look at it, the, the Conti Cup years gone by, was a, it was a tournament that British team struggled. And before uh, 2010, there was only um, London Knights and the Belfast Giants had made the finals of the Conti Cup. Then the Steelers made it in 2010. And then you have the procession of the Panthers, the, the Steelers again. And then the Giants last year making the final. Now you're getting a bit of reputation of a British team making the final, whereas years before it was other countries having the reputation of their representative making the final. So it's a, as much as it is the Europa League of the hockey world or in Europe, it's a tournament that will actually that helps establish the identity, you know, the reputation of of British hockey. And I'm surprisingly all for the second. Uh, spot going to the British teams. I mean, two teams in the CHL. So, you know. Why do you like the CHL? It's it's a rumour that I'm I'm a fan of it. And Evan, you've you know, not mentioned it. I've not mentioned it once. Now I need to mention it more. Uh, You're an Islanders you know, fan. I've not mentioned that once at all, mate. No, no. <laughs> Maybe mentioned it four times. You know. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of go with that one. But no, on a serious point, it's it's good that we got teams in the final, making the final. We need just need to carry it on, and the Panthers will want to do that again. Yeah, then you say about the CHL as well, Dave. I'll, I'll keep it with you because um, we've had a few more teams qualify for the CHL. You said there's only one slot left for somebody to qualify for now. Yeah, there is. So we're down to um, 31 of the 32. So I'll go quickly through in, in country order. So a load Can we have of full mis- pronunciations as well, please? I expect I expect perfect oh, pronunciations. Just for you, Joseph, because I know you love the pronunciations. Um, but one thing I'll say on the offside, we've got a load of newbies. Uh, one tonight uh, or yesterday that's uh, they're making their debut next year in the CHL. So from Austria, uh, Graz 99ers, Vienna Capitals and Klagenfurt will be representing the Austrians. Uh, Belarus will have our old friends of Sheffield, Janos Minsk. In, from the Czech Republic, uh, Liberec, uh, Trinek, Pilsen and Mountfield. Surprising that Mountfield want to be in the CHL after they didn't want, want to do that um, after they lost to the Panthers. Denmark. Uh, is the latest team uh, with their entry, and it's a for for me, Joe and Andy Rungstead won their national tournament. They won the final four 0 It was a great little rink. They're Bring gonna, on the gonna, Christmas Tuborg. They're going to love the CHL. It's going to be a fantastic place to hold um, uh, the CHL. Then Finland, uh, Karapat, Tapera Tapera, Lachi Pelicans, and the last spots is from Finland. Uh, in France, Grenoble won their national championships. Germany. Alder Mannerheim, uh, Red Bull Munich and Osberger Panthers. 
Britain's spot has gone to the Devils. Those should be the Giants, obviously, as league winners. Norway's spot has gone to the national champions, Frisk Aska. Uh, from Poland, Tichy have once again made the uh, the CHL. Uh, Slovakia, uh, Bistrica have once again the, the Slovakian representative. Sweden obviously have the, the winners for Lunda. Uh, Fargistad, Lulia, Diergarden and Skeletia are the five teams from Sweden. Switzerland, Ersi Bern, Evie Zug, Lausanne, Biel Biene and Ambri Piotra. And then the Continental Cup spot, so that's why I've done it, is the Belfast Giants. So 31 of the 32 teams, there's just the Finnish last representative. And that draws the, um, I believe that's the 11th or 12th of May. It's around the it's around that mark. It's normally during the, the World Championships. And uh, the, the Devils and the Giants fans will get to see um, who they get to draw. And if you get Munich, you can't get Zurich. If you get Munich from London, I suspect that me and may see one of us at one of their games. Munich is definitely one that I'm uh, that I'm pining for at the moment. Yes. No, I have to say, Dave, you really came into your own with the uh, when you got into the Swedish teams. The Swedish teams are really where the uh, the accent really starts to come out there. I, I I thought my Finnish teams were better. Let's just go back with the um. Just read us out the Austrian team names again. I have to say, there was one particularly odd-sounding Austrian team name there. So there's there's Graz 99ers, there's Vienna Capitals, and then Klagenfurt. That's, that's <laughs> the best team name I have ever heard. Klagenfurt. I, what a I name. They, I, I, I think like they I think they're, well, I think you know, that team's not better known as uh, KAC. Um, but yeah, KAC Klagenfurt. Oh, it's Klagenfurt now. Uh, no, it's not KSE. It's Klagenfurt. It's always going to be Klagenfurt, <laughs> which I'm sure sounds considerably better in a Yorkshire accent. Klagenfurt. Um, Wait, it's Klagenfurt for me already. It's a Yorkshire too, though. But no, but the one thing that's for me picking up on the teams that are in a lot of newbies, a lot of first timers, um, that's going to get to enjoy this uh, this unique and wonderful competition. Don't you think that Klagenfurt would have just be <laughs> the best place to replace? Can you remember the postcode lottery advert? Can you imagine it if instead of saying Benidorm, <laughs> that woman turned down and went, Derek, we're off to Klagenfurt. <laughs> All he got is Carlsberg. What else he got? <laughs> anyway, getting swiftly back on track. Um, thank you for that CHL update, Dave. We know how much you love speaking about the CHL. Um, we have got one thing to plug. We plugged it a couple of weeks ago. It's the Super Series in Sheffield. Actually, it was tonight now because it's currently 10 to 2. So it's nearly cowboy time. Um, so, yeah, it's 10 to 2 on Saturday morning right now. So it is tonight. Um, Super Series game is Canada versus USA. A um, few big players in there, the likes of Kevin Bieksa. Kyle Quincy, uh, Samuel Morin, Tim Stapleton, Brendan Bollig, uh, Jacob McDonald, and Rob Shremp are your current or ex-NHLers. And then you've got a few, you know, ex- or current league players as well. Eric Nielsen, Dane Byers, Kevin Noble, David Rutherford, um, 
Zach Fitzgerald, who's one player that Steelers fans keep thinking is going to re-sign in Sheffield because he's in Sheffield again now. Uh, Jordan Smotherman from from Belfast. So there's a lot of lot, lot of you know current and past elite league players, uh, and we've got a few ex NHL players and the like in there as well. So it should be a good game. Uh, so if you're free tomorrow evening and you fancy getting over to the Fly DSA Arena for that, get yourself over. It should be a good game. Some nice merchandise on sale from what I've seen as well, which is uh, it's going to be costly. Um, but yeah, it should be it should be a decent game. It's always nice to see um, a different matchup of players, and always good to see a few NHLers in the lineup as well. But uh, yeah, just thought we'd plug that. Uh, speaking of NHL, I've written this in really small writing because I really don't want to discuss the NHL playoffs right now. Um, I've been hounded into it, um, Greth. Just so you know, because I appreciate it's been eight years. We're we're already on the golf course, don't worry. You're joining us soon. Yeah, well, the NHL playoffs, Griff, <laughs> is what happens at the end of the NHL season. And then the players all play for this big Silver Cup thing. Dave, you might not remember it. It's been, what, YouTube's 36 years? YouTube is a wonderful thing. It is, it's true, but it's been, what, 36 years? 83? 35? 35, 35, 36. Okay. It, was, it was, was 83, though, wasn't it? 83 to 4, you know, the end of the dynasty? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it's been a while. That's me trying to get my own back um, because the it NHL. That's yes, the only but, leverage you've got. Well, well, you've got to tell you what you've got. To, what you've got, aren't you? I, what's oh. going on? Okay. Um, there's been some very, very shock results in the NHL, so we just thought we'd bring it up. Um, you might want to skip through the next five, ten minutes if you're not NHL fans. Um, but it's been interesting. Nashville Predators, Dallas Stars. Um, are tied at 2-2, going back into Nashville. Um, St. Louis, as the lower seed, lead 3-2 against Winnipeg. The next game will be played in St. Louis as well. Um, Calgary are the higher seed in the Calgary-Colorado matchup. And Colorado are currently leading 3-1. Um, and Vegas are currently the lo- well, they're the lower seed in the matchup against the Sharks, and they lead 3-2 as well. So not a single top seed team leading a series in the Western Conference. Um, Dave, I'm just going to throw this over to you just so we can get it over and done with. Would you like to run through the Eastern Division or Eastern Conference? Sorry, if you're not got it in front of you. Yes, we, we will do. So we'll, we'll start Washington. Um, oh, go on, who's playing Carolina? Carolina. Thank you. Um, to all, uh, Washington winning their home games and then going to uh, the land of the jerks. Copyright Don, Don Cherry. Uh, Carolina have won both games and it goes back to Washington for in essence a best of three uh, tonight is game five with the Bruins and the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in Boston and probably, that's it probably for me the best matchup across the board that I'm I, I couldn't call that yeah, either yeah. that's been the best of, of all the the, uh, the series but then that's it that's the games that are on play because we've got right, two right, that's, that's it that's it no 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 that's it so next on the agenda is uh, <laughs> We'll talk about the two games. We'll we'll go with the bigger shock of the two. Can we not and go with the Penguins first? Because then it's no, like oh. no, win, no, no, win. Oh, we're not. You have got a cat in our stance. Just just deal with Wait it. Wait your turn. <laughs> um, for that, Tampa Bay President's President Trophy winners coasted the season. The the matched the record for most wins. Got swept four nil by Columbus. No one, not a single person, or maybe they'll. Columbus fan expected 
um, to win the series, they might sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Columbus's first ever playoff uh, victory in their franchise history um, makes the Russian side for Slovakia a lot uh, stronger. Um, but you know, probably the, you know, as, as shocks go, as President Trophy winners, that's probably as big as what you're going to get. I would like to say when we spoke about the NHL previously and. You were all asked the question, who do you think will win the playoffs? And I'm pretty sure you all said you can't see past Tampa Bay. I, I was one of them. What? I said the only team that could beat the Tampa Bay Lightning was the Tampa Bay Lightning themselves. Mm. I was going to say, I, I straight up said I don't think Tampa will do it. I, I admittedly didn't think they'd be out in the first round, but I didn't think they'd do it. As most people looked at the standings and looked at how they'd run away with the league and said they're going to do the playoffs, but... You can't peak that early. I mean, 120 yeah. odd points. You Man. can't. I, for me, I just it was that was this was their year to do it. Everything was in their hands. In, you know, everything was stacked well. Um, so yeah, uh, Tampa Bay joining the at Buffalo least, Sabres on the on the golf course. At least they've shown Vancouver how to win a President's Trophy, and then not riot when they don't win the playoffs. I I fully agree. Uh, and then the other sweep, and this is the one that Joe's trying to get. Rid of very quickly. No, we don't need to do this. Just really sweep it under the carpet. We did. We have done that, mate. Four nil. Um, is the Islanders and the Penguins? Um, yeah, Islanders Penguins done. Okay. Isn't it what Crosby's doing? Sweeping. That's why he's not coming to the World Championship. He's, he's sweeping. Yeah. He's killing um, instead. He's killing. <laughs> no, the Islanders, um, Penguins, four nil. Again, a sweep. I didn't expect. I would have. Never even dreamt of as an Islanders fan. Um, just the Penguins just never got in the series. Uh, one stat that I, I said to you earlier on today: um, is Penguins are rubbish. Okay, moving on. The, the the Penguins the Penguins had the empty net longer than the Penguins actually held the lead in the series. Um, and you know it's the thing is what everyone's you know getting excited in New York is actually there's only the second. I'll let you have this one, Joyce. It's only the second playoff series victory. In 25 years. Um, How many cups have we won in that time? You've won two. Five. Three. What, in the last 25 years? Five. No, hang on. It was after the night. It was after the cup wins. Am I, no. Yes, it's after the cup wins because... No, because we... What our, what our last ones was against your guys. And the Game 7 victory against Barrasso. Yes. We've, so it would... I'm gonna I'm gonna say three because I think yours were early nineties. We've still won three cups in that time. I'll take three. I'll take five. That, either hey, way, you take three, mate. It's more than Buffalo. So it's more than you. <laughs> true. However, four in a row, which has not been done since. You you'll all know by the way that none of us are making digs at Andy for his NHL team. That's because Andy changes his NHL team more than he changes his socks. So. Well, I wasn't fortunate to be able to watch hockey when I was younger, so I never really had a, a, a team. So when I found out, obviously, someone's my surname plays the NHL, I thought, oh, right, I'm, I'm just going to follow them until, until they retire. It's a tenuous link. It's worth keeping, mate. Audra. You, you it is. Have, have you never heard of the randomise button on NHL 19? You just yeah. click randomise, and then when it comes up with Detroit, you click it again, and then <laughs> you stick with whatever team it is. But, oh, no, no, it's Boston. You've got to do it again. So, That's so, true. Uh, Basically, anybody but Penguins, Washington, <laughs> Winnipeg. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the Islanders are France, the next round will have oh, either Washington, Carolina. Um, Columbus will have either Toronto or Boston. 
and that's the current state of the playoffs. Uh, Sydney's got his golf clubs already, um, and I hope his golf game is strong. One thing that's probably disappointing for Gref and Dave is that neither Crosby nor McDavid will be icing at the World Championships. They both announced that they won't be there. Yeah. Jack I, told, I told Dave that I didn't think Crosby would be there, to be fair. Yeah, you did say that. Gref's happy Eichel's there. Because in fairness, Eichel's season finishes normally beginning of end of March anyway. I was say. Been a Buffalo player, you know, he's normally done. It's like he needs vocabulary, he doesn't even know what the word playoffs means. So, you know, Michael doesn't even um, know what a game in April is, let alone a game in May. No, he's played for America a few times, so he, he, that's probably the reason why he does. Oh, that's that's all right, then. So, you know, but now, one thing I'll say about the current score lines uh, and ignoring um, the wind up that I'm having on Joe is the shocks, the, the balance of everyone's predictions are nowhere. It's it's not uh, you, you got kind of see series ago yeah they'll win that they'll win that and you're not seeing it at the moment you're seeing teams you know like Calgary you kind of thought yeah they did do a, a number on them but they're now fighting for their lives to try and get to game seven it's been that type of playoffs already and I say across a lot all teams. across all eight matchups the only matchup currently where a team is winning or has won in the series. That was a t- the only team that was a top seed, sorry, that was winning or has won the series was the Islanders. Every other matchup has either got the lowest seed leading or is tied. That that is that's baffling across the board. I know you I know that like the seedings don't, don't mean anything. Anybody can win on the given night, but when you've got eight matchups and there's only one matchup currently where the top seed has actually won or is winning, that's mad. It is, that, but that sums up the 2019 playoffs. It does, and uh, long may it continue. Well, I, I don't really care anymore. So, I'd say I'm t- the thing is, my second team would be Winnipeg, and they're currently losing as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to wait to the second round and then pick another team, Dallas, because that's who I've got in the sweepstake. So, I've got to ask Gareth a question. How, how do you go about when it comes to playoffs? Do you just pick a, a jersey you like and go with it? He plays the PGA Tour game on his on his PlayStation. I have an Xbox. Sorry. Do they still have the golf games? Because they used to be really good on, on the old PlayStation. You can still get like golf games on it. I'm not sure if they're any good anymore. Oh, yeah. there, was, there was some really good golf games back in the day. Yeah, but that's like back in the day when we had like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, like. I just cheer on who I was playing Zamboni, against. Zamboni Racers on NHL oh, 2K9. <laughs> What was that? What was that, Griff? I just cheer on who I was playing against Boston, but not in this round at the moment. Fair play. I can't argue with that. I really can't argue with that. Anyway, moving on from the NHL, because uh, I feel like we've we've moved from talking about the NHL to just talking about rubbish now and uh, NHL 2K9 and um, PGA golf games. So um, we've got a bit of a game that we're going to start playing over the next few episodes. Keep the off season a bit spicy. Spicy. <laughs> you know when you like say something and instantly wish you didn't like that just no um yeah but to make the off season a bit more interesting um uh, we're going to play a bit of a game uh it involves the rumor mill because everybody's favorite thing is the rumor mill but about the first season that i've not seen somebody rumor the fact that jonathan phillips is going to go to cardiff um probably because he's already signed for us um but it's always fun to pick the rumours and decide which ones are real and which ones aren't and which ones have got some substance to them. So, over the next few episodes, 
we're going to be introducing a rumour every episode and we'll discuss it as usual, just like we've been discussing the signings today as to whether it's a good or a bad signing. And then you guys have got to decide on Facebook and on Twitter whether the rumour that we've put out is a legit rumour with some substance um, that's that's doing the rounds, a rumour that's out there, or whether it's a rumour that we have just completely made up. So your example rumour this week, just for complete random reasons, is that the Fly DSA Arena will now begin to sell pie and peas. Take your pick. Obviously, we'll put some polls out on Facebook and Twitter. Do you think the Fly DSA Arena will now start serving pie and peas? I hope so. I love a good steak and ale. Um, but anyway, so that's the game. Uh, we'll start I'm introducing more that. Mushroom, man, if I'm honest. You're more of a chicken and mushroom. Yeah. I heard that Andy likes his steak and kidney pie. Ugh. What's no. yours, Gref? <laughs> Meat potato. Gref says anything without cheese. <laughs> exactly. What's wrong with cheese? Right. <laughs> no, we're going down a slippery slope. <laughs> get into that argument as well. So we'll start to introduce the game properly over the next few episodes, uh, where we'll start to introduce an actual player rumor. Uh, but for now, that is your rumor that Fly DSA Arena will now start to serve pie and peas. Have a think. See what you <laughs> see. What do you think? That's got some substance to it or not? Um, we've got a couple of questions for this episode. Dave, have you got them, or do you need me to go through them today? I'll go through them You've today. You've done then. a good job so far, and if, if you carry on doing the good job, then we don't get involved, and, you know, like with the awards. Dave, you, you've been very complimentary of me today. I'm not quite sure what to think. I think it's just because you're making I, up for just being I horrible. Give, I, I, I give with one hand with the compliments. I'm taking back on the sweep. Well, you know. Yeah, um, well, you're sweeping them back. Well, all I say is I feel sorry for anybody who got Pittsburgh or Tampa on the sweepstakes. <laughs> hey, I'll get that one in first. Um, so the questions that we've got, we've got one from Joe. Um, which intro do we prefer? The MFZ usual intro, which we'll add, isn't on this episode, so we apologise for that. It's a bit of a technical problem that we've not been able to get it on. Um, hopefully we'll get that sorted ASAP. So do we prefer the usual MFZ intro? Or do we prefer the Jonathan Furland intro? Is that really a question? Jonathan Furland is Bay. Oh, did I say it in a way where I went, like, raised my voice at the end? <laughs> did I give you an either or? Because if I gave you an either or, it's a question, Andy. Furland <laughs> <laughs> is Bay. Furland is Bay. Well. Can I just say anybody playing the Furland drinking game right now is he's just swigging constantly. <laughs> So, Andy, I take that is your response is it's the Furland intro is the best. 100%, Joe. I'm, I'm glad we've got that cleared up, mate. Thank you very much. Gref, what what do you think? You've put your water bottle down now, so you can no longer say JF. Well, I've picked it back up, so I'm going to say fine. Furland. Um, Dave? Before I answer, I'm just going to say, you know, I love the, the, the live episode. Joe, Holly, Mike, they were superb on the podcast. So, guys, thank you very much. I thought you were throwing another compliment my way, then. <laughs> Don't be stupid. You've had your compliments in this episode already. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the lady singing, and I'm saying it that way because I've got no drink left to swig. But that was a better podcast, uh, better and uh, start to a podcast. Yeah, thank you, Colin Joe. Was that that was brilliant. Yeah, I've got to go for the Jonathan Furlan one as well. I'm saying it one more time just to get Dave to drink his imaginary drink because it's already gone. Um. <laughs> 
yeah no that was absolutely brilliant great way to start the live episode and it? it was uh it was it was great to uh have a bit of a different setting have us all in the same room for the first time get a few different people to speak so you're not all just hearing our our voices um so yeah it was something that we'll uh, hopefully look to do again in the future um and w- we may have uh, a different intro again. We may go with the same intro. We, uh, you just have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a, a unanimous Jonathan Furland intro for the, for the answer to that one. Um, the second question is from Adam Cookson. Um, we apologise, it was one that was, was made for last week's episode, but with the difference in episode, we wanted to just uh, you know get round up the weekend and then uh, go through the questions the following week. So the question from Adam is, with... The Belfast Giants and Cardiff Devils qualifying for the CHL. Do we think domestically they are going to pull away more than they already have from the other teams in the league? I'm going to say probably not. And the reason I'm saying that is because I you, you look at the teams that can join them if they do it right. And it's obviously the three teams, Glasgow, Sheffield, Nottingham. If they recruit and utilise the resources correctly and what they can do, they can be on par with the Devils and the Giants. So, uh, for me, it's a good question. I see the, the, the having them spots, as the, they've raised the bar, they've set the bar, and it's now teams that will just have to match the bar and raise it themselves. And you see it every year. Every team will raise the bar. And Cardiff have done it year on year. Belfast have then raised it. With Cardiff joining them in the CHL, they've just both done it. So, for me, I don't think they're going to pull away. If the teams do what they've done this year and not utilise their resources properly and, and finish 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, it's possible. I just don't see it happening. I'm not sh- I don't think it is. it can happen, if I'm honest. I, I can't see Nottingham having a bad season again. I can't see Sheffield having a bad season. I can see Glasgow wanting to push further. Um so and then Guilford obviously Guildford, will, yeah I was just going to say Guildford build as well who've had a great season they'll want to keep on so you've already got six if my maths is correct so and then you know you've got a core there that will want to keep on and drag Belfast like back into the mix to find a new leader um of the pack I, yeah I, I don't think it's going to what happened this season I don't think it's going to happen next season with the amount of points difference between second and third I think teams are going to see teams other than Cardiff and Belfast are going to see okay they've done this with a lot of points ahead of us we want to catch that up we need to make this more competitive but it's not just those two we want to be in that mix we want to fight for championships we want to get a CHL spot I can't see them pulling away but I can see them definitely doing better next season than this season uh completely depends who which coach comes in and and which players he signs um in terms of the contest cup uh and and league uh i think we all remember josh Schaller uh when when they were in the champions hockey league did really well absolutely absolutely lit lit the champions league up when he was playing and that's not again but in terms of uh elite league action he he wasn't uh quite as as consistent as it was, and he, he he didn't have a very good uh, good time there, which is why obviously he he left halfway for this season. So it 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 completely depends if if can if it's a team that can not just compete just for the Contest Cup, but for league action, then there's only a good chance 
Um, I've, I've overall doing really well, but, but I can't see them pulling away with it. I think between four, five, even six teams, it'll be a lot closer. And I, I can't see more than a 10-point gap between uh, 10th and probably 3rd or 4th. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they'll pull too far apart. Obviously, we've got a new coach coming into Nottingham, um, unless they decide to stick with Strachan. Um, obviously, they're, they're moving forward into this, the Conti Cup as well, so they've got that pull as well to, to sign a few other players, a um, few players that want to showcase themselves in Europe still. We've also got a few players showcasing themselves in Slovakia as well, um, obviously, for the world champs. I just... I just Cardiff, I want to come... Up, what a, I can't speak. Cardiff are going to want to come back hard after the upset at the end of the season. Obviously, they've, they've, they've finished on the high with the playoff um, championships, but they're still going to be hurting from the fact that they've not done the three-peat, the fact that they lost the league in the manner that they did. I can't see them not coming back strong and fighting to regain the league title. But I, I just can't see... I, I can't see another 22-point gap I just don't think it's going to happen. I'd I'd probably say a wider gap between kind of your top six and your bottom four than a gap between your top two and your bottom eight. I I think they'll be a lot closer in the top four or five this year. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Adam, thank you very much for your question. Joe, thank you very much for your question. Um, if you've got any more questions to send in to us before the next episode, please feel free. It's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's the My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Uh, so do send us in your, your questions. Don't wait for us to ask. If you want to send us in any in the meantime, feel free. Um, if you've got any feedback for us, got anything to tell us that we're doing right, wrong, any suggestions, anything that you want to hear in the off-season, uh, would be great. We are going to try and keep doing this weekly. Um, certainly, if we get enough signings like we have done this week, we've managed to go from a 45-minute podcast last week to around about a two-hour mark this week. I think so. Um, you know, if we're getting enough signings every week, we'll certainly be uh, be going. But we are hoping to do an episode every week. So, if you've got any other content that you've got any ideas, feel free to drop us a tweet or or drop us a message on Facebook. Um, drop us in your questions. But for now, Dave, thank you very much for the sweep and for being. So candid and not rubbing in the fact that you swept us under the carpet. No, thank you very much, Joe, uh, <laughs> Gref, Andy, and uh, yeah, for now. Gref, you've been horrible to me today, so cheers. Cheers to David and there. Bye, Joe. Oh, thanks a lot. That's, that's just charming, that, isn't it? Charming. Thanks thank so you very, oh. thank you very much, Gref. Uh, thank I'm, you very much, Joe. There we go. I'm not. I was going to say I'm not moving until you say thank you for me now. And Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Gref. Thanks for everyone listening. And uh, our pen's playing tonight, Joe. I'm sorry, when did New Jersey last play a game? <laughs> that, that's not our great rabbit, though, is it? It is. <laughs> it, it is now. Right, I just feel like this is karma for me taking a mick out of Gref now. So I, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say, Andy. You've stunned me. I was just about to say I'm being extra kind to you because you've been nice to me, and then you've thrown that one in. So you've, uh, I, I just feel like Andy, you've not been classy. You've thrown me under the bus, and I'm just, I'm just not happy. So he said, "I'm, I'm Tomo right now." No, I'm not saying that at all. Right, we're going rapidly downhill. So I'm, I'm, I'm ending this. 
Hashtag Stafford out. Right, so yeah, if you're interested in a spot, being on the My Fancy Zamboni podcast, do at MSN Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> now, I'm going to end this now before we go any further downhill. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening to episode 30 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Thanks a lot.